Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Fat Lot of Good Podcast. It's me again. That's right. It's Helen. I'm a comedian. I'm a writer, author, podcaster. And today I'm very excited because I have Mayoni, Dr. Mayoni in the house. Hello to you. Hello, my lovely. How are you? I am so thrilled to be here. I am sitting in your lovely clinic. Where Can you describe the scene for the listener? Well, we have got, hopefully, a kind of clean, but welcoming space with plywood, uh, surfaces and um, obviously the lovely couch where the magic happens. That's right. I, I mean, I think we've all been to, uh, you know, a beauty clinic and a, the lovely tissue paper over the bed for cleanliness and then just a range of machines and creams and things. Creams and leaflets and my husband's artwork. That's yes, it. yeah. it's very beautiful. It's just like a scattering of, of butterflies. Uh, hashtag not real, uh, just uh, but beautiful. Uh, but yeah, so so why I'm interviewing the wonderful Dr. Mayoni today is because I wanted to do a special about beauty and about cosmetic improvements. What? How would you describe the work that you do? Um, non-surgical, Doctor. non-surgical aesthetic treatments. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So exactly as the words say, really, no yeah. operating required, mm-hmm. but things that are done to help improve. Well, I suppose aesthetic is the look of someone. Yes. But I've kind of hopefully um, helped people kind of take it further to how they're feeling too. So you were originally a surgeon, is that right? Yes. Hence hence the doctor title. Yes. Because there are a lot of people these days that can just become like injectable specialists, can't they? Yes. I've I've heard that. I've heard that you can actually get, because this is what we're talking about, people. We're talking about Botox. We're talking about... What, what, what fillers, fillers, and, but it's kind of gone on from there. So mm-hmm. we can use energy-based devices to help tighten and lift and remove and you know contour and shape. You know all these words that are used all the time. Yeah. But basically, they are things to help do what we would probably have previously done surgically. Wow. To, to help people. So no knives required. Because no, I think that's no. I think I think that's the biggest kind of fear. It's like, ah, I don't want to go hashtag or, you know, inverted quotes under the knife. Yes. So so these are things like so uh so we we're not we're not talking about having boob jobs, but you're uh Botox and uh one of the things I'm interested in is skin tag removal. Exciting, yeah. That's right. It's very exciting. I basically look like my lower half of my body is dipped in in raisins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I just rolled in some raisins oh. and they're all attached to under me bits and all sorts of things. Exciting. Um, but I guess, you know, because I think 
you know, I'm a woman in my 40s, so obviously my body has changed since uh, becoming a mum. Are, are mums predominantly your clientele? In they this have, definitely. They, they are my main demographic, as mm-hmm. we say. Um, and I think I'm delighted, to be honest, because one of my biggest fears when I started doing um, this sort of treatment um, was that I would be deluged by strange-looking people who wanted big lips and big cheeks and weird things that I really didn't want to take part in. Yeah. So I guess I'm hoping by the power of marketing and messaging that we are attracting patients who are very much like us. So I'm a working mum, mm-hmm. forever battling to kind of look after myself in some shape or form, you know, and tucking in something like a haircut or whatever it is. Even a hot between, cup of coffee oh, is, God, is nice. Great. I'm just now used to drinking tepid tea. I mean, yeah. that's normal. I don't, I can't exactly. do hot. So, yeah, I think that is very much the, the kind of person who comes to us. And it's mostly mums, mostly working mums, mums who've had children, who are returning to work, who are nervous about how they're going to come across in a very young environment. Um and it's not so much about them looking younger, it's about the self-confidence that they're going to project because I often remind them that they've got far more experience and life experience than than their sort of 20-year-old counterpart, I'm usually guessing, you know? And mm. um, it's often just looking the part that helps people make that transition and and project their self-confidence better. Yeah, and so, so kind of talk us through, I guess, the process because I'm sure there are a lot of listeners out there who have, a long list of things about their body that they, you know, they would like to change or are in the process of accepting and things like that. So what what sort of happens from the get go? So I'm a I'm a I'm one of your customers, your clients, and come yes. and go. Ah, oh, I don't yeah. feel happy about this, that, and the other. And so what what's the sort of process that you go through with them? So I would always encourage patients to have researched, you know, looked at our website and looked at things. There are there's a lot of info on the website because it's usually designed to help people once they've seen me. Mm. So they then book in with the lovely Kimberly or Michelle um, on reception, and they will then have a consult with me, which lasts anywhere between sort of half an hour to forty five minutes. And I will basically start by taking a history, really, and and asking you about things that bother you. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, the top three things that bother people, and it can be you know about their skin or their face or whatever it is that, that's um, that they've come to see me about, and then really find out how much it's bothered them, why you know it bothers them. Basically, I'm trying to find out, really, kind of get under that person's skin, so to speak. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, to really understand why and what it is that they're trying to achieve. And I will, you know, nine times out of ten, it's not just that line or that wrinkle. It's something more, and it's really getting to that something more mm-hmm. um, that that consultation's about, and finding out what makes that person tick. Um, you know, is it that they've just got divorced and they're really trying to make their ex jealous, you know, and I'm like, a lot of it is counselling and maybe guiding them in the right direction rather than just filling their face full of fillers. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of conversation, which I, I really enjoy. I think that for me is a massive part of being a doctor is is that bond and the conversation that you have with someone. 
So are you quite prepared to then like talk people out of yeah. if someone's come in and said, just change everything, especially if they're, because it's not just a physical change that you're making. Yeah. There will be emotional, yeah. mental changes from, from whatever procedure they're going to go and have. So, I mean, do you feel, I mean, obviously you feel a great responsibility yeah. with this relationship with the woman. And how do you, how, how do you, or have you changed people's minds about having certain yeah, procedures? Definitely. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, a huge responsibility of the aesthetics profession that we are trying to, um, you know, engender more and more responsibility in practitioners. And again, one of the really important reasons to go to someone who's medically qualified rather than just your local physio or, you know, therapist or someone who's just done a quick course. It's that conversation and it's about, um, you know, understanding the patient and really getting to grips with what it is that's triggered that appointment and how much impact because there is obviously there's a whole spectrum and I, I i try and function in the group of patients who i'm going to try and just boost their self-confidence yeah but sadly there is obviously a percentage of people and that number varies it's called body dysmorphic disorder bdd which is where it's far more profound and there's a very deep psychological kind of link mm. and that's a, it's actually a, you know a psychological condition that has got a classification number associated with it you know it's a diagnosis and that is much more anxiety related and um related to a, a deeper condition mm. and that's a psychological condition that needs to be treated in a different way they need to speak to therapists they need to yeah. go and have a consultation with someone other than me mm-hmm. they do not need to have injectables yeah and have it perpetuated because all that happens is they've got a deep anxiety that then i go yeah do you know what you're right you do need some fillers let's make things a lot worse and but it's also irresponsible of me to just go yeah see you bye they need to be guided gently in the direction of um the right kind of psychological help mm. yeah so i do turn people down yeah no, because I wanted to talk to you especially about Botox because I think that is a word and a procedure that's been sort of, it's had a lot of different kind of perception because uh, I guess celebrities have, have been exposed to, oh my God, she's had Botox, like a negative thing. Mm. Like she's, you know, that <laughs> she can't move her face, that sort of stuff. Mm. And, then, and then I think there's on the flip side where actually if a woman wants to do something to her face or to change how she looks or whatever why the fuck can't you? Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's, and do you find, I mean, you were saying something about getting about that next boyfriend. Like, why do women come to you to change? Is it just for them? Do you, are you finding uh, a shift in why women want to have procedures? Or is that, I don't know, how, I guess the reasons being why yeah. they want to. I think um, there's been a massive shift and I'm delighted because it's finally coming back the way of, the, the woman who really wants to do something for herself yeah and for those reasons that are purely around self-esteem and spending some time and some money and you know without sounding too sycophantic it's one of the reasons that I kind of set up the clinic mm. was when I first started seeing women they were talking about not wanting to look tired you know not wanting to look quite so saggy and they wanted to look like they've had some more sleep and look fresher. They weren't saying, do you know what, I'll look like Kim Kardashian. I'm really delighted that I didn't have that kind of clientele. Yeah. Um, they were purely talking about looking fresher and looking the best versions of themselves. So, mm. But hugely guilty. There was a huge amount of guilt that comes associated with that. And mm. I found that fascinating because 
I'd always looked after patients who had, say, cancer or something medical, so they never came to me feeling bad about getting medical help. Mm. Yet I'm talking to patients who actually still want something that's going to help them feel better, yet there's guilt. And I think society does have a huge part to play in it. And, you know, I think women are damned if they do and damned if they don't. You know, you look at someone like Helen Mirren, who's incredible, yet... I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if she's seen a very light-handed aesthetic technician who's yeah. done something. Yeah, do, do you often, like, look through the paper and you're like, yeah, she says work. I can see, I, I can see, a, yeah. yes, as you say, a light hand. A light work. hand, but I would say, good for her. Yeah. But what would be great is if it actually came out and said, do you know what, yeah, I do. Because mm. it would just shift. And, and what's fascinating for me is when I see patients here who are often friends with someone else who I've treated, yet they don't tell each other. And then, then they have that eureka moment at a party or something. And yeah. they're like, oh, you've seen Dr. Wayne too. Yeah. And it, it just, it's like a level playing field. I think mm. as women, we don't want to tell other people. There's guilt. There's kind of, do we want to perpetuate the myth that we look like this naturally? I don't know. I don't know what it is. But yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And, and people, you know, we did a little audit and something like 80% of our patients don't tell their partner or friends that they've had anything done. Is that... I mean, that, that for me comes from shame. That That is like saying, all right, I've... Because obviously people are coming to you because they want to feel better. But do you think there's a pressure externally that they're like, oh, I have to preserve or I have to stay young? Or, I mean... That's that's possibly yeah. That's a real mixed feelings about yeah about not actually going. I've just had Botox and you know my face looks amazing or or whatever. I think it comes down to a really deep rooted animal kind of instinct of how we look and how we feel. Mm. There there are some clear studies that have been done that look at what we call the hospital anxiety and depression scores, so HAD scores, which is a, a validated medical tool that we use to assess anxiety and depression. And they've looked at a group of patients who have mild to moderate anxiety and depression before and after Botox. It's how Mm. they score themselves looking in the mirror before and after their treatments. And there is something, and the the stats vary, but something like 13% improvement in their own score of how they feel on looking at themselves. So there is a deeply kind of, there's a deep link, I Mm. think. But then you apply that to society and we are instantly judged. So there's this kind of deep kind of need to look and feel good. But then society kind of gives us this mixed message of, yeah, you, you know, you want to look young, you want to look sexy, we want to be twerking in our hot pants. <laughs> yet... Designer vaginas. Yeah, designer yeah. vaginas, you know, all of that. Yet the moment you actually, as a woman, go out there and ask for it and, you know, openly talk about it, your class is vain, you know, hypocritical, wanting to look like, you know, what you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing, yeah. all of the rest of it. And you're like, really? No, you can't fucking win. You just cannot. Really? Yeah. Are we really that stuck? I would say I'm beginning to see the pendulum swing back, like I said. And I think I'm delighted when women go, they sit in that chair and they say, do you know what? I've spent the last sort of seven, eight years looking after my kids and my husband. I've, it's time for me. I've been saving up for this. Yeah. And that for me is absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. I'm like, it's a huge privilege for me, I yeah. think, that they've chosen us, but that they have kind of realised that there is, 
you know, they want to kind of remember who they were. They were, mm. and we've all been there. You know, me, I, I remember that feeling of having a new baby. Obviously, being delighted, but equally going, God, I can't even go for a poo. Yeah. Let alone go and have a bikini line done or my six weekly mat waxing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that was just out the window, and you mm. go, God, where's that? You know, whatever it is, whatever waxing hair, what you know, whatever you were doing. Because it's let's face it, it's not just the waxing; it's the self care. It's the it's the investing time and money in yourself that that represents. It doesn't really mm. matter what you're doing. Yeah, it really doesn't. It's just being allowed and giving yourself permission to go and look after yourself. And that's out the window for ages. I I ages. had a baby eleven years ago, and I would say it's only in the last couple of years that I've yeah. actually kind of gone. No, I need to do that partly because. All my money isn't going into childcare yeah. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> oh my god, the nursery had took all my yeah. money forever. But also, I have just reprioritized, and also, and then is that sort of thing about you know you can't you've got to give the gas mask to yourself first before uh, the child because you know or the cup you can't can't yeah. be uh, empty if you're trying to pour from that sort of thing. I don't even know what I'm saying, listener, no, but I think you all yeah. you all know what we I mean. But, um, yeah, and just things like getting my nails done, which is not expensive, but just makes me walk a little taller and all those sort of things. And, again, you know, I have mixed feelings about it I because I think, oh, it shouldn't matter. Is it me being vain? All that sort of thing. I could spend the extra 20 quid on buying the kids new shoes. But, actually, it does matter because I think, you know, that sense of self and, and worth, if I feel good, I'm just going to be... A better kind of version of myself. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, I remember was deeply resenting everything and everyone around me. Yeah, you know, including my babies. You know, and you're kind of like, really, I just want a poo. Yeah, you know, I just want to have a shower. I just, why can't mummy do this? Yeah, and it's not their fault. You know, no. because it's actually my fault. I should have been able to prioritise myself a little bit better. Mm. But you know well not blaming it's, it's happened and you you know you make the right decision at that time in your life and obviously a brand new baby cannot be left so <laughs> no I'll but you have to park yourself and you know there's a really interesting uh, ritual I know Holly um, has spoken about this before I think about closing the bones mm. and it's a process I think it's from is that Holly Africa. de Cruz yes yeah. and it's um, a process from um you know, a tribal kind of ritual in Africa where women postnatally gets to a certain critical point. I can't remember how how postnatal, but the elder will wrap her pelvis in bones and it's the pro uh, in bandages and yeah. it's it's the process of closing yourself back up again, where you've been opened to allow the space for a child physically and mentally. It's a regaining and restoring of yourself again. Oh wow! And I think I'm like. God, that that I remember seeing it, and it resonated because you go, yeah, it's time to, for me to close the bones. Yeah, okay. amazing. Yeah. We we need that on a mug, a catchphrase. <laughs> close the bones, ladies. Close the bones. <laughs> now I kind of want to get into the meat and potatoes yes. of having a procedure because not everyone out there who's listening um, has had one, or maybe they're thinking about it. What, what actually happens if, when you're getting an injectable or, or a procedure? Um, let, well, let's just talk about Botox. Botox. Yeah, because yes. I think that's, that's the, big, the big question. Big B. Yeah. Um, so it would involve, obviously, a consultation first, mm-hmm. because I don't think it's ever just about treating a line. Yeah. So after that consultation, you will have a lovely paper 
journey written out for you, mm-hmm. uh, which will cover all the aspects of what I think you may need. Yeah. And I always say to people, start with whatever you think bothers you the most first, because then you'll see the results and you go, great, I really enjoyed that. That yeah. made me feel better. So if it's Botox, you then book in for that treatment as a separate thing. And I would start by just cleaning the skin, marking with a little eye pencil where I'm going to go. Yeah. Literally where the dots are and inject. And then you're left and it's really not painful. It's over in like a couple of minutes. Okay. Um, and you are, um, are then given aftercare instructions. And usually it's things like don't lie down for the next four hours. Don't go and have a stupid massage and have it moved around. Because everyone's biggest fear, but it's actually the least kind of significant complication, is where Botox can cause droopy bits. Yes, because this is, yeah. I mean, essentially... It is putting a bit of poison in your face. It is, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a neurotoxin. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but if you remember, A, we dilute it right down. So it's really kind of super diluted. It's a light poison. People. It's a light poison. It's a diluted <laughs> poison. This is like a shot of poison. <laughs> but we also put this into children, you know, and we use it actually having spoken to the company that manufactures um, the toxin. They now use it medically in every organ of the body for a medical indication. Right. The brain, the heart, even into the penis, folks, to help with other things. Oh. Bottoms, we use it to help with anal fissures. So do you know what I mean? We use it in children to help with contractors following cerebral palsy. Okay. So it, because what it does is it just relaxes a muscle. That's all it does. Right. And so super diluted in the face, it relaxes those pesky tense muscles yeah that give you frown lines one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oh, there we are. You're very line-free, Helen. I'm looking at you oh, going... Oh, stop. No, uh, that's I've good. Put, I've put... Now, oh, that's, I've, I've just put my two-pound cream yeah, from Aldi right. on my face. So so that's... the. I mean, that's the beauty routine I do. I always wash my face at night yes. with a hot cloth. That is care of uh, the wonderful Sally Hughes and a hot cloth cleanse. She's looking great at the moment. She looks fabulous. Yeah. And then really heaps and heaps and heaps of moisturiser 
uh, twice a day. Mm. That's it. So are there any, I mean, I know that Botox isn't, it's not, no. it's not super cheap. So what are, what are some other things that you would suggest to the listener to make yourself feel better that aren't? Yep. Because obviously here at the clinic, because I come here for my waxing. Um, I know. It's <laughs> they spend a lot of time de 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 fluffing you, de fluffing me. Laser. With, I think my laser. Oh. Anyway, this is anyway, but, conversation. Yes. Oh, I'm just off air. Talk about me yeah. with a moustache. Um, but yeah, what are, what are some self care things that you would recommend? So I would focus on skin. Absolutely. You know, Botox for us makes up you know, a lot of what we do, but our focus is always on skin and mm. things that we can, you know, your skin basically switches off after the age of, well, it's all related to sun exposure. Yeah. So, depending on how much sun you've seen. <laughs> Terrible <you'll> see, stuff. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was baked in coconut oil for, you know, many years. But anyway, sun causes your skin cells to basically start to stop working. So they become dysfunctional, folks. Mm-hmm. So anything we do to wake them up regularly... So regular skin peels, which don't have to be scary. Yeah. Uh, regular like needling treatments, radio frequency here, combined with home care. Okay. Vitamin C during the day, which is an antioxidant on the skin. Oh. So vitamin C. We've so got an just event. like soon. Oh, exciting! Along. Oh, I will. Um, so what? Not not like rubbing a barocca in your face. No, sadly, it's got to be <laughs> a little bit more stable than that, folks. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, essentially, you know, you're taking a barocca internally. It's mm. an antioxidant. It's mopping up all those free radicals that are causing damage. So free radicals bounce around in your cells. They're kind of like a bull in a china shop. They will just damage anything. Yes. And after a while, your cells stop repairing, mm. you know. So we see, we know that heart disease, a lot of the cancers that we are exposed to now in the West are related to high levels of antioxidant stress. So anything that we can do to our skin is going to be great. So vitamin C is a good antioxidant. And at night, using a vitamin A on our skin, so a retinol is brilliant. So Excellent. retinol, everyone here, you know, everyone here hopefully has heard of a retinol of some sort. Um, and that helps to plump collagen. It increases our sort of skin moisture content. So, and it gets rid of lines and wrinkles. So, it's absolutely imperative. Excellent. Now, and what about your own relationship with the body? And we talked about uh, post uh, having a baby, and that was a pretty hard thing. But I mean, you when you back 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 in the day, like as a teenager and going into study to be a doctor, how was your relationship with your body back then? Oh my goodness, I don't think I've ever talked about this. You know, when you oh, said to me, is there anything we should talk about? <laughs> well, I'm more than happy to talk about it yeah. because I think it's so important. So I was definitely looking back an undiagnosed bulimic. Actually, oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely did, and. Um, my culture um, of being, you know, was Sri Lankan. So it was very much like love is food. So mm. the less you ate, there was obviously an issue with love, you know. Mm. So we, I remember very clearly coming home, and my brother, if he listens to this, would laugh, because he'll remember too, devouring six Sainsbury's donuts. Like, just like that? Just like that. Yeah. That They're was very well light. Known. They're very light. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hardly no, they're there. Yeah, hardly. <laughs> but that would be the kind of pretext to then sitting down and studying loads. Yeah. It was really interesting. So that was your fuel. Food and studying were very linked, and love and food were very linked. And I would then, as I got older, I was getting teased at school about my size. And looking back, obviously, and I'm, you know, I was not big at all. I really mm. was not fat. 
but I felt fat and I was being teased and bullied at school. And actually, studying was my absolute um, solitude, like, uh, yeah. what do you call it? The word, you know, my solace. Yeah. It was what I found refuge in, and I was mm. good at it, and I could do well. So it didn't matter. But I then started to vomit after eating, mm. you know, bulge, you know, purging, basically, after eating all this food. And it only lasted for short periods of time. It was, it was always in the run-up to exams, always performance-led, kind of anxiety and it went away and then I think I started and it was fine while I was at university but Mm. I did have little pockets of definitely stress related overeating and then purging Mm. and again it was only as I qualified as a doctor I was like god I think I was bulimic but my association with food's always been quite strange Mm. always and I think I would say that most women, I mean, I don't know if that's a really out there thing to say, but I don't know many women who have a really great attitude to food. Yeah. And actually, I think I saw something on Clemmie Telford's um, Insta recently, or it's probably about a year ago now, about a book um, about eating what you want. And oh, I remember, just I'm eat it. We've had um, Dr. Laura Thomas on the... It's fabulous. Is... I it, must read it. It is brilliant, yeah. But I think I'm too scared to read it because actually I'm worried about what it might unleash. So that's my next I'll, bit of work. I'll, I'll pop it in in, in the next couple of days. <laughs> it is no, because I'm sure listeners to the podcast remember that um, that uh, interview. But Laura just said, I mean, I read a book and what was fascinating for me in the first chapter, she said, I think 90% of nutritionists have a completely fucked up yeah. <laughs> relationship with food and yeah. a relationship with their body. There must be something about being drawn to yeah. helping others. And do you, I mean, like even yeah. talking about this now, do yeah. you think because you had some struggles with your body, now that you're in yeah. a profession where you're trying to help others yeah. have acceptance? And I mean, do you think there's, there's some, I mean, I'm not that I'm trying to psychoanalyze you, but there no, must be something I think that I'm, comes from that. Definitely. And I think um, as a surgeon, one of the things I loved about it was fixing people. It's that kind of fixing attitude. But I think on a funny, like it's funny now doing aesthetics because The messaging in aesthetics is about looking and feeling a certain way, which is something that I almost kind of run away from because of it's so deep, Mm. you know, and I'm very careful about the messaging. And I think I, I hope, I hope it's responsible and I hope it's, you know, around the looking and feeling better Mm. rather than why don't you want to look like this? You know, the Kim Kardashian package I hear in Harley Street is now a thing and the kind of, looking and feeling you know looking like whoever with a really flat stomach when we introduced cool tech last year to the clinic as the fat freezing treatment it was i did take a long time to think about doing it because mm. it's a lot of responsibility and i don't want women i really don't want women to kind of think that they've got to ha- be completely honed and toned and flat everywhere because it's not a reflection of who we are mm. and what we've been through children surgery whatever i think though having seen the results um in patients they just feel better like it, it they know you know they, they, these are not women who are not exercising who are not eating healthily who are not being responsible about their wellness mm. they are women who've got certain stubborn bits of them that just they want some help with so that they just feel more comfortable in their clothes yeah and I think that's why it's really important to have that consultation because yeah. if it was just carte blanche for everyone, it would become quite dangerous. Yeah, I think I think that's there's a, such a bad reputation because I think 
and especially I think where am I going with this about younger women mm. we see like the Love Island the you know the girls with the big lips and all that sort of stuff and maybe all power to them if they can afford it and they want to do it but something about that makes me feel a little bit sad because I look back at me as we were saying mm. in my 20s and things like I thought you look great yeah. your skin everything yeah. kind of bounced it didn't flat yeah. there was no this <laughs> and that this and that and the other and I think and that's when I had my biggest anxieties yeah. that's when I hated myself the most because yeah. I I think you sort of feel that great pressure when you're in your 20s to look the most perfect you but I just was just sort of riddled and now that I have stretch marks and what's it called skin tags and all the things I kind of have a, a greater acceptance mm. because I've got gone through so much yeah. with my body and I yeah I have birthed two humans yes. and <laughs> those sort of things so yeah. I think I think um yeah I sort of I do worry about the influence of um yeah as you were saying like yeah. the Kardashians on the younger I agree. Before you actually know who you really are. Because let's face it, there is an element of dysmorphia that's going on in their family. I mean, you know, without wanting to be slapped with some sort of libel yeah. on this podcast. You know, you look at some of the Instagram pictures of some of these celebrities and you kind of like, God, that is not in proportion with anything anymore. Like, yeah. you have been treated by someone who should have said no. Mm-hmm. And I think we're almost guardians or gatekeepers. We do need to say no to patients yeah. um, far more than we probably do as an industry. And it. It's something, I suppose, one of the great things about being able to speak um, at, uh, you know, professional meetings and things mm. is reminding the profession what we're meant to be doing. Um, and again, you know, talking about vaginal treatments, we, I've sat in many aesthetic gynae meetings where mainly men are talking and putting up pictures of women having bleached labias. And it's bloody painful. And they talk about it like it's a walk in the park. Mm. Like the crusting and the discharge is fine. What? And I'm like, hello. Have you got a fanny? You've got a vagina, (laughs) clearly. You obviously talk about green discharge as if it's fine. I don't find that acceptable. And to put a woman through that because of a, I think, of a, a male preconceived kind of porn star type image of what a labia should look like is a joke. I mean... Labial skin is meant to be darker than than other skin, mm. you know, on our body. Because we're not fucking Barbie dolls. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I'm like, just stop encouraging women to get, to look down there. Just, mm. you don't need to. But if a woman comes to me going, I, you know, and I've got actually many patients now who are onto their second relationship. Mm. And they're in their 40s and 50s and they're like, yeah, it's not the same. I've had children. I really want it to feel tighter because I want to enjoy my sex life. Great. Mm. Go for it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a very different conversation. Yeah. And that's why the consultation is so important. It's, yeah. it's getting to grips with what, what is driving that person to have a treatment. Yeah. And if people are, because obviously not everybody can come to South East London, <laughs> may only, if only <laughs> everyone. Do it on Skype. <laughs> if only, if only. Uh, if people are thinking about having a treatment, what what are your sort of your top tips about finding the right uh, may only for you so currently the aesthetics profession is not regulated so a lot of us are working really hard to try and make that happen um, but looking at safe face which is um, a voluntary at the moment accreditation body but they are it's a site that you as a as a potential patient can go and look at and look and see who is accredited in your area mm-hmm. safe face um, do come and check our premises. They make sure that we have got all of our insurance up to date, that we're being regularly trained ourselves. Um, 
BCAM is the British College of Aesthetic Medicine, which is, a uh, again, cu- currently a voluntary body. But as a doctor, you can go and um, be part of that membership. We pay to be part of it. Um, we are also annually appraised. And that appraisal is fed back to the GMC. Mm. So that's probably the most serious um, kind of college, as it were, that we are part of. Uh, Not all of us, but, you know, I am. And they are hoping to go for kind of Royal College status, like the Royal College of Surgeons or the Royal College of GPs. Yeah. Yeah. So because you want to... Well, if you... I mean, it is a big thing. It's a big step. So you want to make sure the person you're going to go and see is... Has got some qualities. That's right. And don't... You hear all these these people about going overseas to have uh, what's it called like boob jobs, boob jobs and, 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 and one all... of my patients sadly has had this experience and she went to Turkey and you know I'm not I, you know anywhere it could be anywhere yeah the, the problem for me is yes I'm sure it's cheaper and I'm sure the surgeon's fantastic but then you come back to the UK it's mm-hmm. like the post complication you know the post op complications happen 10, 14 days one month later mm. they aren't the 24-hour kind of complications we're talking about we're talking about the kind of wonkiness the infections what do you do then who mm. do you go to you've got to get back on a plane ill and go back yeah just think twice that's okay. all that's all excellent advice now we we like to finish the fat law of good podcast with a bit of a quick fire round okay are we ready uh what makes you feel sexy <gasps> oh god wearing something quite slinky and heels Awesome. Preferably at the same time. You sexy lady. <laughs> What's your most favourite thing to put in your body? Oh. Oh, she's thinking. Oh, my God. What, red wine? Red wine is an excellent choice. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, and chocolate. <laughs> uh, what's your most embarrassing body moment? Oh, God. So many. So many. I remember being in a bikini when I was, like, a third-year medical student. There was so many wobbly bits. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. But... Looking back again, the photos were fine. Yeah. But I felt terrible. And anybody can wear a bikini. You just go out and do it, people. Yeah. You need to choose a good one. (laughs) (laughs) I, oh yeah, I'm all about the underwear when it comes to bikini. And a high brief. Yeah. I think (laughs) it's the low brief that really didn't help me in that. But again, if you want to, I liked liked me mum tucked in. The Hall of Fat Fame. Uh, now, uh, who would you put in the Hall of Fame? Who, Who is somebody, we, we call this the Hall of Fat Fame, but is there somebody that has inspired you in your life? Wow. My mum. I know it sounds so naff, but my mum. No, that's awesome. What a great... She just gets on with it. She yeah. doesn't moan. I mean, that's not always a good thing. You know, it's a generational <laughs> thing. But... She does moan a bit, but she just gets on with the shit and she gets shit done. Excellent. I think, you know, yeah, there's a big argument for that. That's a very good thing. Fatspiration. And finally, what is your mantra? Your fatspiration, let's say, for the for podcast's sake. Have you got have you got words that you live by? I think you've really well, certainly for work, you've got to love what you do. Because mm. I don't feel like this is work for me. This is I think it's taken me a long time to get to this point emotionally. Yeah. But you've got to love what you do. Otherwise, it's um, pretty tiresome, isn't it? Mm. And it means that the crap bits are really crap because yeah. you really don't want to be there. Yeah. So, yeah, just love what you do. Excellent. I was just thinking at the end of end of this podcast <laughs> that 
I, in the work that I do, I, I make people laugh as a comedian. So essentially, I'm creating lines, laugh lines. Yes. And Mayoni's taking them away. Yes. We should go into business together. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful podcast. And uh, how do people find you, uh, Mayoni? Uh, well, you can check us out on the website, which is drmayoni.co.uk. Mm-hmm. And obviously on our Instagram, which is clinic underscore drmayoni. Um, or maybe the other way around. God, is it Dr. Mayoni underscore clinic? I'm going to I'm going to so I'm going to put like the link that. up in, and Mayoni's M A M A Y O N I. That's right. Something I'm saying yes, like that's that. right. She yeah. can spell her own <laughs> wonderful scenes. <laughs> um, do follow uh, the Fat Lot of Good podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. And um, feel free to message. Um, I'm at Helen Wears a Size 18 on Instagram. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.